Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and this year I want us to do more and more and more scripture engagement. I want it to get into your bones, and I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So I'm going to spend lots and lots of time um, having guests like Brent Kuhlman on. He is the senior pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Murdoch, Nebraska. And we are going to delve in today to a couple of verses in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Brent, welcome. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. All that jazz to you. I love it. I love it. So let's, uh, let's jump into this verse. I I love this verse. I've, I've, I've loved it for my whole life. And if you don't mind, I'll read it. Please. Okay. John 11, 25 and 26. Might back up just a little bit, um, to 23, just to say, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. It's talking about Lazarus. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, here comes 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? (laughs) That's just delicious. (laughs) It is indeed. Let's set this in the larger context of the gospel two things I want to say at the beginning in that regard. Number one, um, when Jesus says, I am the resurrection life, that um, reminds us of all the times he says, I am in, in the gospel of John, like I am the bread of life, uh, the living bread that's come down from heaven. I'm the good shepherd, the door of the sheep. I'm the light of the world. Um, that reminds us of the Exodus 3 where God revealed and gave his name to Moses, I am the great I am. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is making that identification, that he is the great I am, incarnate, in the flesh. And so in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Our Lord's coming as the I am in the flesh means, what he says says is that I am the resurrection from dead and life in eternal abundance. That's the first thing in setting in the larger context of the gospel. The second is, is that the, the raising of Lazarus from the dead here in John 11 is the seventh sign that Jesus does in the first half of John's gospel. After that, listen carefully, everybody, after that, there are no more signs except one, and that's our Lord's Good Friday death on the cross and his Easter Sunday resurrection. Everything has been building up to this from the beginning of John's gospel to John 11, um, let's review. Jesus changed water into wine at the wedding at Cana. That was the first sign. He healed the official son at Capernaum with nothing but a word of promise. Remember that Jesus he also healed a lame man at the pool called Bethesda. And we all remember that he multiplied bread and fish for 5,000 in the wilderness, walked on the water at night to meet his disciples. And in John 9, you remember, He healed the eyes of the man born blind with spit, mud, and washing water. So, And then we come to this this sign, the raising of his good friend Lazarus from the dead, the seventh sign. And then after that, it's on to what? It's on to Jerusalem Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Holy Week for the rest of John's Gospel. 
Uh, so our Lord's death and resurrection, to which all the other signs were pointers. Okay, so that sets this in the larger context. Now let's go right to the immediate context here in John 11. It's interesting that Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, and, and, he, and Jesus is good friends with these folks. Lazarus is his best friend. And Mary and Martha put out the 911 emergency pastoral call to Jesus because Lazarus is sick and he's, he might die. <laughs> and, you know, as a pastor, when I get a 911 emergency call, man, I'm gone. I'm off. Mm-hmm. I'm making the call immediately. But in John 11, Jesus doesn't. He purposely stays away. Why? Well, in John 11, uh, verse 4, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through this. And Jesus says in verse 11, our friend Lazarus, he's fallen asleep, and Jesus is going to let him fall asleep, die, but he says why? Because I'm going to waken him up. And then verses 14 and 15, Jesus finally says, you know, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I wasn't there, so that you may believe. Now let's go to him. Now you'll note this connection uh, you read it earlier in verse 26 when Jesus asks, do you believe this? This is a big theme in John 11 as well as the entire gospel. John wants us to believe in Jesus. And in this particular verse, John, John 11, 25, 26, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? You started out, Bill, by saying that Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Now, Jesus meant today... <laughs> <laughs> when he said that. <laughs> right. But Martha, you notice Martha thinks that Jesus is speaking about the last day. Because mm-hmm. she says, well, I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Now, Martha's been paying attention all of her life to her Sunday school lessons or her synagogue lessons, if you will. And when she'd go to church, she listened. She knew her scripture. Um, but the question, Bill, is not this. It's not what she knows. Listen carefully, everybody. It's not what she knows about the last day, but rather what she believes. And that's why, as I like to say in these verses, Jesus then strums the faith chord by saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me lives, even though he dies. In other words, he lives in spite of his death. And Jesus continues and says, and whoever lives and believes in me, Never dies forever. That's what it literally says in the Greek. Never dies forever. In other words, he may die for a while, but not forever. And then Jesus asked one of the most important questions that's ever asked in the New Testament, and that can never be asked of anybody, and it's, do you believe this? Do Mm. you believe this? Now, I want to push this, since I'm I'm so glad we're, we're talking about this. Let's push this. So he asked that to Martha. How about you folks? Do you believe that? Do you believe our Lord's words here in John 11 um, in the face of your own inevitable death? Do you? Do you believe it when uh, the doctor says, you know what, like Bill, you've only got six months to live? Or maybe, how about you, Bill, when you see your friends and peers dying all around you? Or when the world seems to be filled with nothing but death and despair? Mm. Do you believe, and this is me as the pastor asking these questions, Do you believe that Jesus is, in fact, the resurrection, and that Jesus is, in fact, the life, and that to live and to believe in him is to have life now and forever? Now, we we can be like Martha, and we can know a lot lot of things, and I'm I'm not against that. We can have all our 
end time stuff straight, and we know that the dead will rise on the last day, but that's not the point here in this verse. The question is not about the dead, but rather the question is about somebody else. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is, as I would say, (laughs) the antidote to death, because he's the one who died. He's the one who rose to conquer death, and that's why he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, Brent, when he says this, he's not making a reference to some distant future event, but it is something that is available in the person of Jesus. That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's why he said, you know, I'm going to go and waken him up. And I'm going to show you that, in fact, I am the resurrection life, not just in the future, which, of course, that will happen, but right now. I love that. So when we process this, this verse and we get down to the last four words of verse 25, do you believe this? Well, I tell you, that is what I'm walking away with tonight is that question is going to live in the front of my, my brain when, when we're talking to the people in our lives, in our circle of influence. Uh, where are you at? Do you believe in the claims of Jesus Christ? Yeah, and let's, let's put this again in the context of chapter 11. Again, I, I mentioned that Jesus was called, come quickly, your friend Lazarus, mm-hmm. you know, he's ill. And Jesus purposely stays away, and he shows up when? After the funeral, <laughs> after the committal. That's when he shows up. I, now, if I were marrying Martha, I would have been really angry with him, to say the least. And I wonder if, that's, if the anger kind of shows when they say these words. You know, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. They both say it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so my point is this, is, is can you trust a Jesus who purposely stays away and lets your friend die? And the answer is yes, you can. Because, mm-hmm. because in the case of Lazarus, or in the case of you, Bill, or in the case of me, or any believer in Jesus, Jesus lets us die. Why? Because he's conquered death, and he's going to raise us. And this is all illustrated here in John 11. He is the resurrection of life. And see, people are troubled by this. As a pastor, I've encountered this all the time, especially with people who are, I would, we'll just call them shirt-tail Christians, or CEOs, Christmas and Easter, you know, mm-hmm. or other. Um, somebody dies that they know, and then they, they blame God and say, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. We prayed, you didn't, you didn't come and help. And then they get angry at God. And this, these verses here in John 11 can help people with regard to this, is that, yes, Jesus lets your friend die. But you must trust that Jesus is the resurrection life, and he lets your friend die because Jesus will awaken your friend. And to say, well, he didn't do anything, well, of course he did. He died and he rose again. And all our prayers for healing, I think we've talked about this before in a previous uh, show, all our prayers for healing will be answered finally and completely on the resurrection on the last day as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of my pastoral care with regard to this. Well, um, Brett, if is, I may, can I say some more? Oh, please do. You know, well, I'm going to let you continue after the break, if you don't mind, because I want to give you uh, some, some space here. Uh, pastor Brent Kuhlman is my guest. He's the senior pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Murdoch, Nebraska. We'll be right back.
Sign up for the free Bible in a Year reading plan at MyFaithRadio.com and get everything you need to follow the plan each day and stay on track, including a printed schedule. Sign up now at MyFaithRadio.com. I am back on this lovely winter day with Pastor Brent Kuhlman, who is the senior pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Murdoch, Nebraska. And before I uh, turn it over back to you, Brent, I was just thinking during the break that Jesus always did his very best work. God's always done his best work in the face of death. I mean, you've got uh, Lazarus in the tomb. You've got Sarah's womb. You've got all kinds of uh, Jesus in the grave himself. I mean, yeah. This is the time God gets all the credit. Yeah, it reminds me, too, of the little girl who dies, and Jesus goes in and says, Talitha kum. Right. Little girl, get up. And then it's, and the only time in Scripture, it's in Mark's Gospel, they laugh at him. Yeah. They think he's insane. <laughs> but I noticed, too, that he, when every time in the New Testament when he encounters somebody who's dead, he treats them as if they're asleep. Why? Because he's conquered death. Death doesn't have the final say-so. I love that. Jesus does. I love that. So, I am the resurrection and life, Jesus says. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. So we've all been, um, how shall I say this? We've all been like Mary and Martha who lose someone, and we will be again, all of us in our lives. Because we've all buried loved ones, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Some who who became sick, and as I mentioned before the break, even after many prayers ascended before God's throne, they still died. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that Mary and Martha prayed like that, too, right? And so we're left wondering, why? I encounter this all the time as a pastor, so I want to address this again and clinch the words of Jesus here in John 11. We've heard the words of Jesus countless times. I am the resurrection and life, and we believe in a Martha way. That is to say, well, we know that they're going to rise on the last day in the resurrection. That's absolutely true. I'm not denying that. And there is great comfort in that. But if we just hear this only in the future tense, then we miss the point here in John 11 of our Lord's I am. Here's the point. Listen carefully, folks. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life, not only in the future, but in the present tense. He is the resurrection and the life right now. And so, to live And to believe in him, in the Lord Jesus Christ, is to have resurrection and life when? Not just in the future, but now. So that you live in spite of your death, and that living and believing in Jesus, you never die forever. Off the top of my head, you remember John 5. um, It says in John 5 that when when you believe in Jesus, you've already passed from what? Death to life. Mm -hmm. Remember that, folks? Oh, yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make here. So, resurrection and life. This is not some, you know, pie in the sky, by and by. Resurrection and life, they are here and now, and they are for you. Listen, for you in the Lord Jesus Christ, who, as I said earlier, is the antidote to death, and he was conquered death through his Good Friday death and his Easter Sunday resurrection. Now, let's push this further, if I may. We've talked about, you know, loved ones and friends that die. How about all of us? We're all going to be a Lazarus someday. 
<laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I know this for a fact because some sickness, uh, something is going to get you, Bill, and something's going to get you uh, and me. And God's not going to stop it. He'll simply say, like he says in John 11, you know, I'm going to let Bill sleep because I'm going to go wake him up. <laughs> in other words, th- this, is how, this is how our Lord Jesus Christ treats our greatest enemy, death. It's just, he, he treats it as a sleep from which he's going to wake us up as surely as he is risen from the dead. One of my common refrains at funerals and in my funeral sermon towards the end is because you know, at our church we have the cemetery right next right next to the church. <clears throat> so normally, you know, after the funeral service we have the committal. So at the end of the sermon, sometimes I'll say, "All right, so now let's go tuck so and so into bed, so that Jesus on the last day will say, "Wake up, sleepyhead! Time to get up." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're all going to be Lazarus one day. Yeah. But just like Lazarus in John 11, mm-hmm. we'll be raised. And then, Brent, in the passage, we, we do, and I don't want to veer off our, our two verses, 25 and 26, too far, but I do want to say he did have a slightly um, different approach with Mary. Um, he didn't approach the suffering dispassionately. He did weep. That's correct. And I think it's a double double thing here, weeping because he lost his friend Lazarus. But I think there's another thing going on here. Um, people, people can disagree. That's fine. But I'm going to offer this for their thought. Is remember, you've got people in John 11 who mock Jesus and make fun of him. Oh, he healed the, the blind man, but he couldn't help Lazarus, you know? And they mock him. They don't believe. And, of course, you remember, too, in, in the immediate context, that Lazarus, poor guy, poor sap, Jesus raises him from the dead, and what happens? They want to kill him. Why? Because many people are putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that the sighing, the great distress, the weeping, uh, when he blasts off that prayer to the Father— I think part of that is he wants people to believe in him, and some are struggling to put the best construction on it, and some purposely refuse to. Now, let's, let's clinch this, shall we? Yeah. All right? I, I, for, my, for my money, here's the bottom line, folks, with these verses we, we read here in John 11. You know, even if Jesus had done nothing at all for Lazarus, in other words, even if Jesus had stayed where he was, and simply let Lazarus die, Lazarus could not have been, are you listening? Lazarus could not have been safer. Mm. Because our descent to the dead is preceded by our Lord's descent to the dead. And I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. Our Lord Jesus Christ has conquered. And in him, through faith in him, we conquer as well. So, brothers and sisters, there is absolutely nothing in life or in death that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's so encouraging, Brent. Thank you for that. I I love this discussion. When we go back to Jesus saying, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up, his disciples replied, Lord, if if he sleeps, he will get better. They're obviously thinking there's some natural sleep going on. Um, but I love this image that you've said of uh, a departed loved one being tucked in to sleep and that Jesus himself will wake them up. Yep. 
because many times parents lose children, you know, and, and it, humanly speaking, it's not supposed to happen that way. And so parents, you know, they'd, they'd always tuck their kids in at bed at night, and then they'd go in the morning and wake them up. Well, that's, that's, a, that's an analogy to our, our death and burial and our resurrection. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, many Christians pray like Jesus does on the cross, Father, in your hands I commend myself. And uh, um, so when we pray that before we go to sleep, we're, we're rehearsing for our death and uh, getting ready. to. When we, every time we wake up in the morning, we're rehearsing for our resurrection. Wow. And again, I, I want to focus this discussion back to verse 26 and how that ends with these incredibly powerful four words where it says in verse 26, And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe yep. this? And there's yep. those four words again. Do you believe this? Yep. And, and again, that's the, one of the most important questions that Jesus ever asks in the New Testament, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because he wants people to believe in him, that he is in fact the resurrection life, and that by believing him, they have life now and forever. Death, death does not have the final word. Jesus does. Yeah. And Brent, he's so, Jesus is so invitational in the New Testament. You know, uh, f- come and see, follow me, believe in me, abide in me. It's always, so, it's always so invitational. Right, because he wants people, as I said, to believe in him, which is, Bill, faith is the highest worship of Jesus. It is. It is indeed. So, as you study this passage, and you've probably preached on it many, many times, um, you must have a pretty strong response to what you have said today on the air about how comforting it is to think that that Jesus himself is the resurrection and the life. It's not some future distant event, but it's something that is a present possession. We have it right now. You better believe it. Uh, it's, it's incredible that the Lord's words here have their way with people, and it changes their lives. Their lives are never uh, the same again. <laughs> yeah. So we just have a minute left, Brent. Do you have any encouraging words for Scripture engagement for listeners this year? as they start about their reading plans or however they are engaging in God's Word? Well, since we, since we read John 11 here, I would, I would ask people to study the entire Gospel of John and pay very careful attention to the words in John's Gospel, especially the red-letter words, the words of our Lord. And uh, so you'll discover that Jesus wants you to believe in him as the ending of John's Gospel does. You know, Jesus did many other signs that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that uh, he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that by believing in him, you have life eternal. And that, that clinches it. That's John's Gospel. That's the entire New Testament. So as you study the, the Bible, especially New Testament, you're always, you're always being directed by the Spirit to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's wonderful. Amen. Brent, thank you so much, and God bless you and your family. Thanks for doing the show today. Dittos. Bye-bye, Bill. All right, so long. Pastor Brent Kuhlman has been my guest. He's senior pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Murdoch, Nebraska. We'll take a little break, and we'll come back. I'm going to shake things up just a little bit uh, just this week, and I think I'll be back to normal next week. But for next, you'll be surprised. What's up?
let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Yeah. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you joined me today. My last guest in alphabetical order is Albanese, comma Patrick. Uh, usually he's my Monday to get things started, but with Monday being a holiday, I thought I want to check in with Patrick and, and say hi, and uh, we'll be back on regular schedule next week. But for now, um, Patrick, how are you doing? I'm gr- great. Monday was a holiday, huh? It was That's a holiday, yeah. I, I sat by the phone. And... <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> what what holiday was it? What well, did I miss? Well, Christmas was on a Sunday, so they yeah. made the next day the holiday. Gotcha. But and I'm sorry this, you sat by the phone this, for two hours. The, the past one was not Christmas, however. I did not miss Christmas. So that was the New Year's. That's true. We missed the, the New Year's holiday. That's so true. happy to report, by the way, it's 2023. Yes, it is. And I am almost finally through the stash of food I set aside for Y2K. Almost completely. One bag of yeah. junk silver left, right? Yeah, they they said be prepared, yeah. and uh, the, the bottled water I'm concerned about. But uh, uh, here's the good thing about beef jerky. You don't know if it's gone bad. That's true. You just, yeah. So uh, uh, I'm still, it's a little bit tougher, a little more rawhide, but I do have a dog now, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Remember that as if it was yesterday, Y2K? I, it seems like just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. we were all uh, being told that the sky was falling and that the computers weren't going to work, and Nothing would happen, um, but You'd disaster. Have no electricity, you, yeah, exactly. no gas, and no was a, food. It was a big nothing. Yeah. It was a big nothing. I had a watch that said, I'm a little confused. What time is it? <laughs> that was about yeah. it. Well, I thought we would maybe uh, solve one of your problems today. I know there are many that you have, but this one would be yeah. one that maybe we could solve with a little audience participation. Because uh, hopefully uh, your wife is not listening to the show right now because this would create trouble if she was. Uh, do you have a, right. a reasonable, good idea that she's not listening? I know that uh, uh, the show Cats uh, okay, opened so she, last night. So, so she's, she's working. She's buried in, in cat stuff. Yes, yes. yes. She's buried in cat stuff. Okay. Yes. All right. So the, the the issue is her birthday is tomorrow. And she, she yes. said, don't get me anything. Does that mean don't get you? Don't get her anything? <laughs> Rosie's already laughing, so I'm going to let her be the first opinion on the show. Rosie, what do you say? I'm laughing because, oh my gosh, that is such a trick question. <laughs> I have yeah, said that to sorry. Gary. I have said, don't get me anything and really mean it. And then I've said it and thought, eh, I would love a little something. Yeah, yeah if you can right. think of it. I just can't think of anything myself. Right. Now, because... Yeah. Uh, her birthday is so soon after Christmas, not that that's an excuse, but, you know, you're, you're being thoughtful of gifts that were purchased for the kids and maybe some bills that are coming in. And so you, you, she might be thinking, you don't have to get me anything. But right. the question is, does she want you to get her something? And if you have an opinion on that, let Patrick know, because we got to figure out if he's got to get a gift for tomorrow or not. 877-933-2484. Well, no, no. Go ahead, Patrick. Would you like a little, uh, just, to, just to add a little spice to the conversation, a little okay. wrench in the works? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, as you know, my birthday is also soon after Christmas. It is. So my birthday was last uh, week. I was on the 30th. And, uh, of course, at Christmas, uh, when she said, <laughs> what do you want for your birthday? I said, I don't want anything. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably meant it, didn't you? Well, I did mean it. Okay. 
And then she went and she bought me three of these Under Armour shirts in these most unusual colors that only Under Armour can get. Okay. And they're the kind I like. And I'm, there's no way I'm returning these things, of course. No. <laughs> so I happily received the gift that I did not request. Okay. So that, does that put me on the spot saying, well, okay, you said don't get me anything, and she did. Then she turned around and said, don't get me yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, you should you should hang up from this interview and go shopping right now. <laughs> no, no. As fast well, as you can. So let me throw an additional wrench into the works. Okay. She said, at Christmas, you you got me too much. Oh. And she was feeling, uh, she was feeling sad because she said, I didn't get you very much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so she was feeling like I had over-gifted her. So we're never, the gifts never on my gift. birthday. We're, yeah, I, I know. I, I don't Rosie's, think I can. Yeah. Rosie's shaking her head. Yes. I'm like, yes, you totally can. Gary and I go through this every, we, we now have a monetary amount. Yeah. I'm like, and we go back and forth. It's hysterical texting conversation. Did you actually stick to the budget? Because we don't want to be over gifted. Mm-hmm. So hard. It's, well, it's easier to overgift. I mean, I, I wanted to get her something nice and expensive, so I, I got her a dozen eggs because they've really gone up in price. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I checked the package now. There better not be a, I used to, ah, if there's one or two cracked, who cares? They're 89 cents and mm-hmm. you know, now there's $6 or something. No, yeah, yeah, that, that we've tried the monetary limit. Uh, that that hasn't worked. We failed miserably mm-hmm. at that one. Uh, so now, I had, I, here was an idea I had, and I don't know if this this works. <laughs> so maybe people will text in or call in and answer if this trick will work. But if I were to buy a gift that could be suitable for either me or her, <laughs> okay. uh, no, no, no. I don't like the way this is going already. Say, no, no. Let's just say that there's, uh, you know, a, a, a place that like she, there's this this spa that she really likes. That she goes and she'll get a massage or something like that. But of course, who doesn't like a nice massage? So I could buy a gift certificate for that place. Not necessarily hand over the gift immediately, but just say, "Here's the card." By the way, on my birthday, I got a handwritten card because she said, "New rule: no more buying cards." Because they're too expensive. So I bought a $6 card today because I'm forbidden to spend <laughs> more than $6 on a card. Mm-hmm. It's got the Peanuts characters in it. It has nothing to do with a birthday, but it's the best I could find. It's for Arbor Day. <laughs> so I got that. <laughs> yeah, it's a thought so that I have counts. a card. Yeah. It's that, and I thought about it. But if I were to you know, give the card and maybe maybe get a couple flowers or something... And then see if I detect a look of disappointment on her face and say, ah, just kidding. Here's the gift certificate <laughs> for your favorite spa. But if, if she says, this is exactly what I wanted, I just wanted a little card and a couple of flowers. You've made me so happy. Then I go to the spa. <laughs> no? You know, no, I'm, no. I'm, if the phones are lighting up and they're saying no. You're not no. making friends right now, As just so you know. Nothing. Just so you know, you're not yeah, making friends. I guess. All right, a couple. Well, of... And I just had a birthday. I'm 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 older. Yeah, uh, that's true. I'm supposed that's to true. know better, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 You could spoil yourself with a massage because you just did have a birthday, and yeah, yeah. A couple uh, no. texts have come in. In this case, no means yes. No means yes. Yes, and Patrick, okay. your wife is working hard. Send her flowers tomorrow at work. David said, in I'm addition l- to the. 
David says, I'm lucky. A farmer gave me free eggs. Oh, uh, that's actually, that's, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it is. That's really nice. Eggs, yeah. Yeah. I know. And, and my kids have, uh, they get up in the morning and they make themselves eggs now. I'm proud to say that with a 12 and a 13 year old, they eat them over easy. So I, my, I've done my job as a parent <laughs> that, uh, I have kids that, that will, they're like, no, no, we don't like scrambled eggs. We like them the way dad likes them. Really? Over easy. Are they basted in, yes. in are they basted in butter? Is that how just you make Just a little this? bit of butter. Yeah, like mm, just to okay. get them out, just to get them out of the pan, and they make them themselves. They they flip them. They do the whole thing. Uh, they clean up after themselves. I've done my job. Okay. I've done my job. Maybe maybe you uh, are but, entitled to mas- yeah. a massage. Yeah. Okay. So I have to send flowers in addition to say the spa gift card. Well, you've got the spa gift card ready, right? So. She's going to love that. I did pick it up. Okay, yes. so you have made a wise choice. I will. I will say with confidence. In this case, I will agree with a listener that said no means yes. So she said, "Don't get me anything." But oh, is she going to be happy when you spring that gift certificate for a massage uh, on her? As hard as she has been working, and you know, yes. you show up with a flower or two, you don't have to go yeah. crazy. But that will no. get that will get uh, go a long way. So yeah. Patrick, should I have used? Oh, yes. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, I was so just, when, I was, yeah. when Gary and I have been on a tight budget, and if, I'm not saying that's where you guys are, but I know that a card that he has given me with like sweet sentiments inside is the best mm-hmm. gift ever. Like I'll reread the card. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Mm. I don't care about the gift that's coming or doesn't come because he spent so much time on the card and wrote beautiful things free. Mm. Yeah, I, but I like that idea. Uh, a brother-in-law of mine just turned 50, so I was in charge of getting him the birthday card. And I got one with Spider-Man on it, and it said, Happy birthday, five-year-old, and then I just put a zero next to it. <laughs> All right, Rosie, maybe you need to help Patrick craft, craft these words that he might use. Right? You know, maybe you know, coach yeah. him a little bit. What might he put in this card? Oh, okay. So seriously, this is <laughs> this is serious, Patrick. So, right. what is it that you love about her? What is it that you admire about her? There are things like, so women, we get tired of hearing just "I love you." Yeah, okay. We get, you know, we "I love you too" kind of thing. But when you okay. bring it out, what you do actually love about her? Yeah, to the moon and back. Okay, be Potty. more specific. Do you, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and Am I also, writing this card? How, actually, I don't even know his wife. Okay, tell her. No, no, I, no well, but I, I mean, maybe speak more... from your own experience, Rosie. Oh, okay. What was yeah. something that Gary said to you that just rocked your world? Uh, it, character it, it, traits. Oh, okay, like what? Character traits. Um, now I'm trying to think. He loves that I'm resilient. Which he, you are. Uh, <laughs> he loves yep. that I um, seek truth and will mine for it. Like, mm-hmm. just one sentence isn't good enough. If you say I'm fine... I'm going to be asking you some more questions about that. So he'll say okay. that. He loves my faith. He's written that in many cards. Mm-hmm. So he's he's describing my character. Ooh, that's great. Which is that's... above your physical beauty because there's lines in there too because, you know. Oh, yeah. Because, oh. yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, he's, he's saying that he sees me. Uh, I like, so something like, I admire your collection of boots, maybe not so much. Right? <laughs> How about I love yeah. your style? 
<laughs> I love your style. Now, and you said that you know, so that women just get tired of hearing just, you know, okay, I love you. Yeah. Uh, do you know a good way to erase Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> because that's already in the card? Because it's already in the card. Oh, I think you can leave that, that in. You can, you can leave, leave that it in. in. I, yeah. yeah. You can just add See, stuff. now that's a... By the way, that's my bold statement. I do like to sign cards uh, with a Sharpie. I think that's that's a commitment. You know, you cannot undo what you've done with a Sharpie. <laughs> it's your John Hancock. Yeah, but yes. at $6 a card, you can't afford to have typos. You can't afford to mess up your message where you go, oh, yeah. I'd like to start over. You can't with a $6 card. I was actually tempted. We, um, uh, My sister-in-law and uh, her boyfriend got our kids a couple of Christmas cards and wrote absolutely nothing on them. There's nothing on the inside. There was nothing on the outside. It was just, and then there was a couple of dollar bills they found lying around the house. <laughs> it was very nice. The kids appreciated it, and it didn't matter who got what. But uh, I, you know, my, my wife wanted to throw them away, and I said, I said, I want to keep these cards because this is going to be the greatest return gift Every year, these these cards are going to go back and forth with nothing in them. I think this is just the well, you know, cards are expensive, so here's a card with nothing in it, and you can use it again. Well, see, I've always been a fan of that idea because if you buy a nice card that's really funny and you write on a post-it note your message and put it in the card, and then the person who receives the card, not only do they love the card, but they get the nice message from you, and then they can reuse the card themselves. That happened with me. You gave me a card, and I re-gifted it. Well, that was the whole point. I, I, know, I wanted I you it. to be able to re-gift yeah. it. I did. Yeah. That's great. All right, we're coming up with some good ideas. All right, we'll take a little break. Patrick Albanese is my guest. He usually is on Mondays to get my week started because, you know, I like to start the week a little bit on the light side. And Patrick's a friend, comedian, and entertainer. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to solve uh, Patrick's uh, gifting problem. I think we got it solved. But if you have any suggestions for him, surprising his wife who said... You don't have to get me anything. Did she mean it? All right. 877-933-2484. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter... Thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I know you usually hear that music on Mondays, but... Today, I have my friend Patrick Albany's on to get the uh, the midweek, <laughs> to get the midweek going, because uh, here we are. Nice message. I'm glad you have Patrick on today. It's fun to hear him midweek. Jan said, next time, buy your card from the dollar store. They sell $6 cards for 50 cents. Oh. Yeah. I don't know about Sharpie, but I've used a magic eraser to remove pen scribbles in my kids' children's books. And David said, maybe she would like a few lines of poetry that Patrick wrote. That's nothing I want to read. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, and I understand that. I, it's nothing I want to write. <laughs> <laughs> and another message. I think I might have tried my hand at, at, at poetry. I like you. 
kind of you like I me, check right this there. box. You know, check this box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was romantic. You know. Yeah. All right. Um, hi, Bill. Let your Patrick know to give his wife a gift based on her love language. What is her love language? That's from Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Do you know that that book, Patrick? I do know that. Um, you know what her and, love language is? Well, I'm only through a couple of those languages. <laughs> I mean, five of them, right? That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. She uh, she loves, it's kind of similar to what Rosie said, you know, things that, that can point out her, her qualities that you admire because she'll say, what is it you you know, you know that question that most most uh, men dread. Why do you love me? Okay, all right. This I'm walking into a trap. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I know, like for instance, when I get her gifts, I always look to pamper. She loves being pampered. Okay. You know, she does work hard, and uh, her her job at times can be very stressful and can have some some long days. And so, I mean, I will look for, you know, the most exquisite socks or the most exquisite material that will just bring her comfort in a, in a robe. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, sometimes they don't seem like the most romantic gifts, but if I can find things that, uh, make her feel pampered and special, uh, she often likes to say to the kids, you have to, you know, you know, find somebody like your dad or, you know, to my son, she says, be like him, mm -hmm. uh, make, make who, whomever you are with feel like a queen. So yeah. that's what she likes. That's her well, language. Well, soft socks sounds better than the 32 in one socket wrench you got her last year. Yes, but it did have the word sock in it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, it was close. Uh, by the way, I have gotten a lot of use out of that set. Um, it somehow or another made its way back to me. <laughs> <laughs> So if we just talk about, we've brought up the love languages, and I'll just t I'll read them off because they are good to bring them up. Words of affirmation, that's a love yep. language if a person loves to hear words of affirmation. Or someone just mm -hmm. wants quality time. They just want time with you. That's what they consider. Give them their, their your undivided attention, and they love that. Or any kind of acts of service. If you, uh, you know, do something nice uh, for them, that's an act of service. Or what about mm -hmm. gifts? I mean, that's just a straightforward language for people that say you feel loved when people give you like visual symbols of love. Here are beautiful um, uh, bouquet of roses or, you know, physical touch and people, you know, cuddling on the couch or holding hands or, you know, just feeling close. That's another love language. So it sounds like um, you're, you're tuned in to what she might want. I'll give here's an example, and this might be you know bragging, but uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, uh, she said, "Hey, uh, I for, I just got a late notice, but we have this um, one of my one of the people that su does supplies for our, our where I work. Uh, they're having a Christmas dinner, and they're taking everybody and a spouse out to dinner at this very nice restaurant." And it's on Tuesday, and it was kind of short notice. And so uh, we we did it all. We rearranged all the schedules, and we took care of this, and the kids had to do this, and I had to leave work, and she had to leave work. And uh, we show up at the restaurant, and there's nobody there. And uh, the people behind the counter said, yeah, there's nothing on the books at all, not a thing. And uh, so she looks at the email that she got. She said, 
Oh, that's next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, the old me might have been a tad upset after all the moving things around. But I said, well, we're out. Why don't we just go have a nice dinner together? And she's been talking to me ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because that's what she wanted to hear. She had made a mistake. Yeah. And she had known everything that I had done to rearrange everything. And I just said, well, we're out. Let's go have a dinner together. Beautiful. Just us. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have much of a choice. So I I, I was going to say, I'd like to say that that was just my first initial, isn't Mm. this wonderful? an opportunity. That was your half-court shot, and you took it. And that was smart. I took it. Yeah. I took it. Yeah. I was, I was actually backwards with a blindfold on and it went through. <laughs> yeah. Here's another, another comment, Patrick. In my marriage, we agreed early on not to get each other gifts. It truly is neither of our love languages. So there you go. However, I love when my husband writes me letters and when he plans fun experiences for us to do together, I'd rather have our money spent on a memory. Oh, so now that's that's actually speaking my language. It, 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 this started when I was a teenager. You know, you get to the point. I'm sure you've all had this experience where you say, "What do you get your parents for?" You know, like Christmas. What do you What do you What do you buy people that, as far as I'm concerned, have everything? Because I know what they withheld from me as a youngster, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, and uh, I I stumbled upon this, and it was my go-to thing. Always buy them an experience. I'd mm. get them theater tickets. I'd, it would be a dinner somewhere. It would mm-hmm. be, I say, they do not need another trinket. My mom mm-hmm. had a curio cabinet. It was filled with curios. And uh, she didn't need any more curios. Didn't need any more glass dolphins. Didn't need anything <laughs> like that. Did she have a, a, an Elvis uh, creamer? She didn't have that. Okay. Well, she didn't have a complete collection then. As an opportunity missed. Yeah, for sure. But she, but she did. She had some Cupid dolls. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. Here's another some recommendation. Dolls. Can Patrick show up at her work with a rose and dance with her? Like on Shall We Dance with Richard Gere? Oh, uh, I could probably do it, but... You uh, probably we'd could. Be for, we'd be looking for employment, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's well. That's that's not a that's not a bad thing. And I, you know, actually, one time I did buy her uh, uh, on an anniversary. We had dinner at a place, and then uh, took her upstairs. It was where we, uh, where I was doing. I had been doing that sh- the show, your show, uh, and upstairs secretly. What most people didn't know is a giant ballroom, and I had hired a ballroom dance instructor to give us a private dance lesson. Oh. That's uh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I said, oh, we finished dinner. I said, let's go upstairs. And we go upstairs and she's like, what's going on up here? I was like, oh, you've ever seen the ballroom up here? She's like, yeah, there's nothing special. Wow. You're more romantic than I thought. Well, we haven't done that. We haven't really followed up on the lesson. That was uh, 18 18, 18 years ago. (laughs) All right. Here's another suggestion. I loved my free e-card with a puppy singing happy birthday. Those are some, there's some very, very cute e-cards out there that are animated They're, and very funny. Yep. Yes, I could, uh, I, well, you sent me Weird Al Yankovic. I did. So that was, yeah. Yeah. But uh, one year you found a Donny Osmond one, which was amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I sent the same one to Rosie, so thanks for, thanks for bringing that out on air. 
Yeah, see, she this, thought she was this, special. She, she thought I hired Donny Osmond to do it for her. You're going to have to start stretching that creativity muscle. A little bit now. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Well, I'm hoping that at least the one you sent Rosie had her name in it. <laughs> it did. Oh, good, good, good. You know, it's not easy to get Donny Osmond to do those for you. Is no, it? expensive, but yeah, worth it. You got to have the you got to have the connections. Yeah. You know. So, Patrick, well, um, I know you'll make the right choice, and it sounds like you've got uh, the right. The right thing in mind. You've got a gift certificate and maybe some poetry, maybe some flowers, maybe a pair of socks, maybe just uh, writing some sweet little words. Yeah. In a little and card. you know, I've got plenty of, I got post it notes too, so we can reuse the card. Exactly. I love it. Thanks for joining Perfect. me midweek. It's been great having you on, and I'll look forward to well, seeing you next Monday. Thank you, and thanks to uh, all the listeners for the great ideas, and Rosie as well. Indeed. Yeah. Thanks. Have a great night. You too. All right. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. Uh, he normally shows up Mondays, but uh, I thought midweek would be fun to have him on. That's our show for tonight. I hope you have gotten into the habit, if you've missed any of it, to check out the podcast to see if there's something you missed that you want to listen to. And if you've not downloaded the app, you should give that a shot too. You can put that on your smartphone and you can uh, have access to Faith Radio pretty quickly on your smartphone. So thank you for that. I want to Say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.